My name is Isaac Ojude Noabua, and you're welcome to the Change Africa podcast. Every Thursday, together with my co-host, Daniel Merki, we sit with Africa's most inspirational leaders and have in-depth conversations around the stories that shape their life and impact. For the next eight weeks, we've partnered with Teta Sakura in this special series to dissect the stories of all the eight speakers of Teta Sakura, Agents of Change 2022. Join us in these up-close and personal conversations that promises to be inspiring, captivating, and motivating. Hello, everyone. You're welcome to the Change Africa podcast. My name is Isaac Ujidinova, and I'm here with my co-host, Daniel Kukumurki. And we have someone that I've known for some time, and we have just reconnected, who is a brilliant Ghanaian contemporary artist, and he is celebrated in many circles as a visionary, as someone who really puts a lot of thinking and ingenuity in the arts he creates. We have none other than Nana Danso, who has something to that. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Also <laughs> thank you. Let me just go straight into the point. You have what you call eyewitnesses in your art, right? Yeah. What is the symbolism of eyewitness? Especially because symbolism is a huge art of your part of your art. Um. For the eyewitness, I use them to represent spirits. It's my idea of what the African spiritual aspects of our imagination looks like. And I use it to tell stories from another world that we don't see physically, that some people get to access through different mediums, religions, and gatherings. But I use my art to like reflect upon that world and tell stories that are a little bit psychologically questioning um, to some of our society and to some of our society's philosophies, sorry. Yeah. And yeah, so that was been my research. Does that resonate to say some mind, I think? I would, some mind will be another category. I think okay. so, yeah. I feel like some mind falls under things that we don't see, but we always add it to our narratives and myths. For a long time, I feel like growing up, I didn't have access to a lot of African like spiritual stories and information. So it, it, all, it almost felt like a taboo to learn anything about African things because, yeah, I grew up in maybe an era where our parents went through slavery and things like that and how the change of religion and sometimes some of the things that they knew from their forefathers will tell you we don't talk about this anymore, it's evil or something like that. So I just felt the need to find ways to represent that part of our history. That's as our history is happening now, you know. I feel like all those spiritual aspects of how we think and reason will just die out. So yeah, I've just been obsessed with using my art to tell that parts of the story so that in the future at least there'll be living people that were still like invested in certain aspects of our culture and traditions. Yeah. And what, what do you think that this connectedness to say ancestry, spirituality, wh- where do you feel it comes from personally in your life if you look at your life? I would say my mom because she's a very spiritual person and very curious. I feel like she always puts me onto information. Maybe sometimes just like, why do you, why are you telling me this? But 
yeah, just knowing some of the traditional things. Sometimes just tell information on what like maybe certain plants do or how to like what people do as a tradition when they give birth or something. I'm just like, what was this information for? So for a while, just processing all of that, I feel like I also got a chance to experience other neighborhoods and societies and places where there's a certain type of tradition that has been ignored. And I realized, oh, then there's a loophole in how we see ourselves even because there's a certain part of ourselves that will never be like deciphered or talked about or even discussed, you know. So, yeah, I just felt like talking about that with my art will make, will make sense to like the future of people who are Africans who want to know themselves that don't want to know a certain version of them that's like colonized and yeah. So I feel like that's, that's the main thing that like drives my, my, my thing. So you, you started arts at a very young age. Yeah. But it was very experimental. Did you know, did you know what you were doing? Like, you know, I think, the average young person when they are doing what you call drawing in school, yeah, 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 yeah. they're like, oh, this guy can draw, right? Yeah, 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 and all of yeah. that. We just fancy it. But did you think that it was towards, you know, a purpose? Not really. It was, it was just fun. And it was something different that people would just say, oh, like, you know how to do this. Sometimes I even think, ah, will I ever forget how to draw? Because it just felt like people try to do it and they don't know how to. And I might be doing something very simple in my mind and they're like very astonished. So, yeah, I just, I saw it to be something different. I didn't see like a professional thing where maybe you're selling paintings, you know, just that after a while, I mean, I like business and like transactions and things like that. So I was into other things. But after a while, I just realized I could sell my services as an artist or draw anything for people. So let's say in schools, it started with me, maybe, maybe the teacher, or some teachers who come to different classes to look for people that can draw on a board or some diagram. And they always used to call me. So then when they call you, you kind of use it to leverage some other periods and like, you have some type of, how do you call it? Favors. Yeah, some favors. So I, I just knew what like arts can do in terms of it being a service you can render for people. But I didn't see like a profession. Maybe growing up at some point, I, I didn't see myself doing any type of work. Okay. Because I really, like, when they used to ask me what I wanted to be as a, as a, when I was young, I, I would say I wanted to be a pilot. Okay. And then maybe a scientist. But I was more like, the profession I was curious about was like planes, to fly planes and things like that. And then I think I was even still pursuing it when I was growing up. But it was expensive to do almost everything in like the aviation world. So I was just thinking about doing other things that can make me money to do like that, aviation. be a pilot, aviation. And being an artist was the only thing because I didn't see myself in any, any office or anything. I just saw myself with a studio where I can make things because when I was younger, I used to make a lot of things. Yeah, make imaginary laptops from books and things like just making things was i feel like i was excited about making things more than just being an artist being an artist was my tool my basic tool to like start my ideas you know so yeah that that i feel like hmm, 
you feel like you are like an inborn artist and like the art itself is just a tool for expression yes yeah i feel like the, the painting or the art was more of a tool of, for expression because there were different ways that you could have expressed yourself yes more artistic ways but just not maybe painting yeah just not painting and also i realized i could i could tell more like there was more purpose behind the things that i was i was i wanted to do with art you know because i stopped drawing like people and doing portraits and i went straight to like telling stories which was more of something that i feel like was my reason behind painting because i wanted to tell stories i used to like writing and doing music and yeah that was because i like telling stories so when i found a way to tell stories in art i just was like yo this is the this is the thing i didn't even worry about music anymore so that backdrop of music when did it also start because you had some maybe tiny music career yeah i like production and like music a lot but i didn't i feel like for the most part the things i see myself doing as a career i have to like see myself doing it i didn't see myself being a musician maybe on stage performing why because i just didn't see myself it's like when you're dreaming and you have a vision of you doing something you see yourself doing it mm-hmm. i just didn't see myself doing that i most i saw myself more like maybe a dj so i i learned how to dj or like a producer that that helps an artist so for you music is more hobbyist yeah and more of like therapeutic too because i use it to express myself that i don't like it's still stories you know mm-hmm. i feel like there's a lot of stories that i gather from time and i want to express it and some come through music but for the most part i've been able to tell a lot with painting but when i'm doing music as well i just also use that to like tell stories about like maybe things i'm going through you know it just shows in the production or the writing because i also like to write for people to yeah there are these defining characters that people are describing several ways as childlike explorer existentialism spiritism but basically like the nuance between ourselves and the environment when did they start coming to fruition when did you start seeing these characters in, in your art and what's the story behind them let's say i used to draw always all the time i used to sketch on things if i like when i was in school my book behind my book i'll be drawing almost every single chance i get i'll draw on something so i ended up like developing a habit of just drawing and i was in the studio with a friend we're making music and we're making some beats i think we're making beats and recording vocals and i was just tired or i i wasn't getting it or something something just made us stop and we're just talking so i i, I had like a sketchbook that I was going to use to write music inside but like i was still drawing inside and i decided to just draw some of the things i wanted to write you know because we're doing music so i was just thinking okay i'll do this and i'll do that and i just scribbled something and i came up with the characters like i i the characters started developing it wasn't it didn't look like this but i had an idea of what this looks like in my mind i was like yo this is quick way to tell something about like two or three people because i can just do it very quick 
So I told my friend, yo, I found what I wanted to use my art for. Because during the time I was doing the music, I was also painting. I was painting portraits with of people. But I was learning a lot more and I realized, oh, I can do art as a profession. So I realized if I was going to do art as a profession, then I'm not going to paint people. I would have to paint something that will be my voice. So that was behind like my thoughts oh, process. Like, okay, I have to paint something else. So the moment I, I did a scribble and yeah, I, I was like, yo, yeah, this is what I'm going to be painting. Like, this is what, and like the name, I knew what the name was called and everything. Like I just said, this, this called the eyewitness because it's like, it's like I, what it is, I kind of defined it in that instance when I drew it. Cause I, I explained that I was, I'm trying to talk about spirits and like all the imaginary things that maybe we are scared of and things like that. Like let's say, um, they always talk about angels or demons and things, but we've never really seen a fiscal version of it. It's always artists that drew it or did some animation or yeah. something. So and it's that like really captures our imagination. Yes. Like right now, when you think angel, there's something yes. that comes, comes to your brain, but nobody knows. Really yes. What nobody has seen it. Nobody can show you anything that's like I've seen it. So I was like, yo, I need to do this. Like, that's going to be my, Af the African, like my characters are going to be the African version of what our spirits exactly. mean. Cause there are all these characters that mythical characters that nobody has seen, but exist in our minds. Cause artists create them to mm -hmm. tell a narrative. So yeah, that I've forgotten the question you're asking me about. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, that's the same answer you're giving me. <laughs> so I kind of, yes, I remember, so I kind of realized that, yo, this is, this is what the art is going to be about. So I told him and I wrote it down somewhere in the book that does that. I didn't pay no mind to it because I was so like, I went back to it. To the music. And after a while, maybe after some time, every time I'm there, I'll just start drawing things in that direction. And then I kept like defining it and I like, what is this? Because I didn't know what it was when I drew it. So after I, I did it, I feel like I, I spent a lot of months asking myself, ah, what is this thing? And then maybe I realized something that's like related to some universal thing. And I realized, yo, Maybe that's what this is about, you know. So for the whole time, it was just me experimenting and t ask, asking myself what this is. And then sometimes people will tell me what it is to them because I might just do it. Some of the things, I don't know what it is. I might just say, oh, it's, yeah, it's an idea I'm doing. But somebody might say, oh, it means this and that. So with all those, like, experiences I gathered from people, it kind of made me realize, yo, this is what this is about. Yeah, and that's how come the art state in that way. And I never did portraits or anything of that sort of game. That became your thing. Yeah. Um, like, when we came here, you were working on something, and then Daniel asked you that, what is it? And you said you didn't know what it was yet. <laughs> yeah. Is that your process? What is the process for you like? How does it start? Mostly, it starts with a composition. And the composition maybe comes in the form of imagination or like a vision. Maybe my, maybe I'm having a dream and I see that, oh, in my dream, there's like two people here and they're doing this. And all of a sudden there's some water coming here. So that's a composition that's like the idea. And then when I draw the idea down, so I do that composition like a sketch. And then after I do the sketch, I just do the painting. And the painting is a whole process because with the painting, now I'm not doing the, I'm not doing the sketch or the composition. With the painting, I also use the paint to also like do a whole new art on the art layer on it. So that's why I don't know what this is going to be about because I might just like paint over all the sketch that I did initially just because it feels like something else for me. So yeah, at some point during the painting part of, 
part of the process. I really don't know what it's about. So what, what then is moving you towards that destination that you are going, even though it's unknown? It's just a story. There's a voice. You see the way the, the voice and everybody said, yeah, there's just a voice in my head. That's, you know, that's an interesting thing, by the way. Statistically, it's a research I read recently. There's, there's no, a voice in everyone's head. There's some people, and this is just by the way, there's yeah. some people who have never heard a voice in their head. Just blank like that. Right. Like I, I mean, I mean, sometimes I'm blunt <laughs> like that, and I remind myself, like, yo, why are you not talking or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a speaking voice. Well, you don't hear a speaking voice in your head. No, I mean, this is a whole other topic. I have, <laughs> I have very deep opinions about it, but that's for another day. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I like the inspiration. Like, a, like a voice, maybe like a narrative. You know, when you're about to do something, and something is already telling you. What, I don't know how, it's like yourself tells you, okay, when I reach it to the house, I'm going to put my bags in, I'll do this, I'll do that. It's like you're pre-planning it. That same voice that does that. Yeah, it will just be telling you, like, okay. I mean, you're not going to go into the voice, but like, I write, right? Yeah. And I can write very fast. And it's only because there's always a voice in my head that is telling me what to write. Yeah. That's how I write fast. If not, I will not be able it's to. It's just going so on. if I am consciously doing that, I usually very slow. Yeah, but if I if I just I'm in that zone, yeah, it's it, like, it starts, yeah, yeah, it starts yeah. flowing naturally. That's true. Yeah, but still a question about. Oh, so it, it tells. I mean, it it tells you like not it tells you, but kind of like intuition wise, it reminds me of some of the things that needs to be a part of the painting. Because mm-hmm. sometimes I might just pick a color just because. And then, like, the voice remember now, nah, it has to be blue on the side or something. <laughs> so you change it. Or is nah, the voice this... of the language? Is it no, 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 really. Not really. Okay. Not really. It just comes in any language. It's more like, it's, like it's happening one second before you do it. Okay. Yeah. And then in the entire process, because you say you, you, you try to tell stories. It yeah. seems you, from early on, you are looking for tools to tell the story, wh- yeah. wh- whichever way. So, so that means when you start, you don't do not necessarily. I mean, you know there is something, but you don't know the actual outcome. Yeah, I don't know the actual. Don't know the story. Sometimes I don't even know the titles. Like some of my works comes without titles, and sometimes I, I know the title before because the title comes with the vision. That's a sketch. Mm. But then, if the title doesn't come with that, and it's just a composition. I don't know what it means until I finish painting it and I look at it. Sometimes I have like my studio assistants and like people that would just come around the studio just be looking at it and say, Oh, yo, this means this and that. And all those things like brings out what it means to me. But before that, I just don't know what it is. Okay. Do yeah. you stop it sometimes for a long period and then continue or? Yeah, stop? I've had some works that have stopped for like two years, three years and came back on it. Cause it's like the voice. I keep saying the voice, but <laughs> when I'm doing it, my intuition will, will be telling you, oh, because I'm, I'm, I want to talk about that part of the process where it's like, it's not about, it's not about your might or some of the things that you've processed, you know, it's like, at that part, it's like, you have to just be in the zone and allow yourself to, to do the basics of what you know, yeah. you know, because it will just keep changing and changing. And after some while, you don't really hear anything. You just feel like, there's nothing else at all. If you actually hear that, it's like, there's nothing else at all, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's finished. And sometimes you might not be satisfied with the finished version. 
But when that happens, I just put it to the side. And that's what makes it last for like maybe two years or something. Because then my, my imagination of what I wanted it to be is not what it is. But it's still, it's still like saying it's done. So now I have to like either be stubborn and wait till later on and do something on it. Or I'll just seal it and sign it. Because that's how I end the painting. So when I sign it and like seal it with a varnish or something, then I don't paint again. And where do you find inspiration? Um, everything I read a lot, so I feel like I, when I'm going through things, or like I'm processing, like my day to day. This is there's a lot of like there's a library of things that I go through with it, you know, and I try not to limit myself into any box or like group thoughts in any way. So it allows me to learn almost everything that I... Like, if I'm interested in it or I'm curious about it, I'll just learn it. And that inspires me a lot because I feel like it unlocks certain parts of my brain that makes me listen to myself more. Yeah, because most of the times, you might not listen to yourself because there's certain narrative that's, like, behind... Yeah, but when I know a little bit of information of everything... I kind of calm when I'm like processing things and yeah, I feel like that inspires me to paint because the moment I step out and I see something that's happening, my brain wouldn't look at it like just maybe two people fighting. My brain might think about like the relationship between maybe both of your eyes or something, you know? Yeah, just because I'm reading something about an eye or something. So that allows me to now go deep into like, what does this mean? Like a whole concept is going on in my head and then I have to paint it because that's the only way it leaves my head. So, yeah, just gathering things, information, learning, and then I'll just encounter the world or like go through people conversations and whatever happens with my encounter, I just process it and whatever is like daunting me in my brain or something just keeps like questioning your brain, you know, when you process things. I, I paint those parts. So what does the learning trajectory of a self-taught artist look like? Because, again, tell me, but do you feel, or did you feel at a point that I was not good enough? What led you to think I was good enough? What led you to transition into professionalism and to think I'm a professional? Because... I guess for the person who's taught, there's someone who's there and saying, this is the way, this is the style, this is the skill. Yeah. For you, it's solely based on the spirits, yeah, the inspiration, yeah, yeah. the voice. The vibes. The vibes. So, how does, how, what is that learning curve and what led you to say, I now want to put my word out there and I have that confidence in it? I feel like the learning curve for a self-taught artist is endless because... Mm. You never really know anything. Like I keep telling my like fellow artists that I meet and things like that, because maybe your reputation outside or people talk about you a different way outside. I just keep telling like I really don't know anything. I, I sometimes want to know what people are doing. Like, what, like so, what the galleries like? What are they like? What's what's going on? Because for me, it's like a, a lifestyle based thing for me. It's like I really don't have anything to do. <laughs> I mean, I do other things, but I really don't have anything that takes my commitment. Like. The way you're doing the podcast, like it takes your commitment. Like art is what takes. Like I wake up and I paint, 
and that's it <laughs> you know yeah. any other thing is an extra for me maybe if i have like deals to pay with to do with people or like if i want to do some business on the side or in it it's, it's an extra but every day i wake up and i don't have a canvas it's like hell i have to find canvas there because it means work has stopped <laughs> you know or like paint to paint so yeah i feel like every single day there's something that i have to learn so it's more like you have to feel open and never feel like you reach any side. You never, there's never a top of the trajectory. Mm-hmm. And yeah, because I'm, I allow myself and I'm like, I've opened myself in that form. I get to experience things like firsthand and through my experiences, I use that to, to be my, okay, now I know, like the way a teacher will use their experience to say, no, don't do this. That's not, yeah, yeah me, I'll, I'll probably, I don't know if you, 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 you cast in your podcast, but like I'll mess up a couple of times before I know that, oh, this is how it works, you know, okay. make a lot of mistakes before I'll know that, okay, this is what artists, okay, this, this is what it means. Oh, this is the wrong experience deal. Experience based learning. Super experience based learning, like a lot of mistakes, but I never back down because like I said, it's a lifestyle for mm-hmm. me right now. So it's, like you had another thing to do or you Yeah, it's not even a profession. It's like, it's like, <laughs> it's like a life. It's like a, I'm a soldier. Yeah. You know, when you're a soldier and you work for the government and like, no matter what you do and they put you in the government system, records or whatever it is, you can never come out of it. Your government, yeah, you be a soldier pensioner or what. Once you enter that thing, you are never out. Yeah. Or once you become a president, you can never say, oh, because my time is over and I'm just walking in the street somewhere. Yeah. They will still give you free things. Like you still have, it's like your presidency still reigns forever. I mean, you are literally called Mr. President even after. Yes. Yeah. I feel like. It's part of your identity. Yeah. I feel like for me, yeah, no matter, like I'm getting into other sports and things like that, but I feel like no matter what, my, that's why, that's why I was called Atso. Like I'm called Atso. I feel like it's a part of my destiny or something. It will never like. Leave my. But yeah, like, like, let's, let's get back to that. Ah, so could you? That's how people yeah. call you. Is it something you put on yourself, or is it something people called you? I feel like it came up, like, I had a manager back then, and he came up one night, like, he was trying to describe what I do. And I was like, I'm more of, like my spirits came here to do art and then that's it and then I'll leave so it just became okay art soul like my soul came here to do art and leave and the kojo I just added kojo because I wanted people to realize because then um how do you call it art soul was an English word although it does the description was an English word I wanted people to realize like it's coming from Ghana or something yeah. so I just added the kojo to it but now I don't even use that anymore for like any um professional work. Although like I've registered my suit, my company name is under Aso Kojo Studio. So it's it's still a thing that is a part of me and sometimes my friends call me Aso because more describes me, but yeah. But you want to put that African identity out there. Yes, that's why now I'm using my actual name, yeah. yeah. So you know, the contemporary world right now in the contemporary art world, it's very competitive in Ghana. There are a lot of young people coming out there. What was your journey into that space? Like, like tell us about the acceptance, the difficulty, and the process of you know selling your first art. 
for the for my first house, I don't remember when. Okay. I don't remember when I sold it because I like I said so I used to do like I used to even do project drawings in school for money, you yeah. know. So that all could count as like. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, you know, I'll come back to that. But you tell <laughs> us you're getting into the it's, professional contemporary art world. It was more of meeting people and telling telling them about your vision. I feel like um, when I was painting Hassan, there was a there's a designer called Hassan. His brand is called Hazar Official. Yeah, he wanted me to do um, uh, a life paint. I wanted him to exhibit his pop up, and I decided I'll, I'll do a live paint session. So he did a fashion show, and I did like a a, a pop up there. And she did it as a as, as a store called El Loco. Yeah, your interview is the funny American. Yeah, she did a store called El Loco. So, um, yeah, I showed I I did my I did a painting, and I met Stefania from that show. I was painting this style, like my 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 style of work. That yeah, and yeah. After the the painting session, I kept the painting in the store because a local, you know, it's a concept mm-hmm. store. So yeah, we sold the painting from the store, and I feel like from there I started talking to Stephanie more about like selling more paintings because I didn't have any access to the gallery space and things like that. Yeah, so. Yeah, I feel like that's that would, that would be my first like relevant, um, like one of my first relevant, uh, how do you call it, encounters of meeting people. But aside that, like I just kept meeting people. You know, what was the acceptance like? I mean, there's no there's no really acceptance. There's, there's no acceptance really. I feel like you have to forge yourself into okay. all the spaces, but nobody really tells you like you're a part of us because. Okay. You, you need to. Uh, you just need to be there. You just need to be there and let people know that I'm here too. So what's up? <laughs> and some people will behave a certain way towards you, which is cool. But some people get to know you too, and then you be friends. Yeah, and I feel like for the most part, that that part of the networking is what make makes the work thrive. Because then, if what you're doing already is good or something that's like needs support. And people, and you are talking to people a lot. People will start like following and keeping up. So, yeah, just people. I just was making friends. It wasn't even about exhibitions or or anything like that. I just was making friends that can guide like my art process because I didn't have any like arts schooling. Like I was in school studying science, um, studying. Like sciences, science, programming science. I had nothing to do with arts. So I didn't have any art community. community to, to learn from. So yeah, I started with the fashion community and met some arts people and some curators and maybe started making some artist friends as well too. And then studio visits, just practicing. But yeah, yeah, just meeting people. I feel like meeting people was the one of the main things. And selling my art at a local, I feel like that was one of my professional selling, like, points. Cause I had been selling portraits, you know, but that was people who would tell you, oh, I want, I'm doing, this person is doing a birthday, or oh, I want to do the surprise, this 
surprise for this person so make this portrait for me or something and that was way different from i've painted my painting on on yeah. this and it's sold you know so yeah that's that's one of the one of the tell us about your first official exhibition was a kogo van line east Legon. um it was an exhibition called cherries 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 and gloom something yeah and I feel like the highlight of the exhibition or what I was expressing was trying to show some type of beauty in darkness. And I used like cherries to represent metaphorically like the idea of beauty and like sweetness or uh, yeah. I mean, then I was still exploring paintings of portraitures and um, ideas around like psychological things so i feel like more of those paintings were, were very psychological and um has some still life too in it but yeah i did some pieces it was very interesting like people really came out along then i wasn't painting i wasn't painting the eyewitness it was just art that i've painted from like conceptual thoughts and yeah from that exhibition i actually feel like yo there's a community because then i had i had been meeting people low-key you know and it was a very different vibe from so when before after you saw that i'll look can't tell <laughs> i can't tell i can't tell no no i think it's it's I think it's before. Okay. Because look like I did the painting, I did the eyewitness. That time I had yeah, developed okay, the concept. Okay, yeah. yeah. So it's way it's, it's before. Yeah, it's yeah. before. Okay. Yeah, but I, I did a solo exhibition by myself. But I have a specific question to the one you mentioned. For instance, the beauty with the cherry. Yeah. So how does how does something like that come about? To be honest, I really don't know what I was thinking about then. I just felt like I was just translating my life's experience back then and i feel like i was more obsessed with like the color the the color mm. the the color of the cherry so at that time your pro was your process similar to what it is now or it has kind of evolved a lot it has evolved a lot because right now it's like almost my thinking is in like the eyewitness it's like <laughs> <laughs> so now i don't even i don't even think of what to think about uh -huh. right right now i'm just like it's like i'm 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 doing a, how do you call it? Like a professional argument or professional deciphering of knowledge in my brain. Yeah. Because now I'm talking about things. It's like you are trying to follow the story of eyewitness. Yeah, right now I'm just like, okay. when I'm starting to think, I'm thinking about some deep things, but everything is in eyewitness. But back then it was more of my understanding of what I'm looking mm -hmm. at, what like is, is standing out in my brain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even the theme of those paintings were all in like, the, that color, like I said, like pinkish, cherry, crimson, reddish, dark red, they were all in that vibe. But it was really, it was really a nice experience. I feel like that was my first time meeting people. Like that was my first time doing like, an exhibition and doing it by myself with my friends. And I was like, yo, this is it's quite easy to do this thing. And then I didn't even think I was an artist, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just thought, okay, let me show my work first and see if people can actually like my work before. Or even yeah, I feel like I'd, I've never, like I've never seen myself like a complete artist, okay. because I'm always learning something new. Like there are people that are going to school and doing masters on it, and 
learning a, there's so many educational material on what access and just information it's not like that's the blueprint of what i should be mm-hmm. but it's still information of what people have used tried and tested mm-hmm. and i feel like i don't know most things what i know is just from what i've been able to expose myself to and also from my own taste of like art and things because yeah i feel like that's that also like plays a role just having a certain type of taste in art and interest in certain aspects of art one of your famous exhibitions you did at 1957 gallery yeah so what are the other galleries that you did after the first um so i did a space called the container Accra, which was a space led by stefania mm-hmm. and some of the owners of front back um and yeah i feel like it had a very i would say like when i was developing the eyewitness the exhibition was was like a um like a bachelor's degree mm-hmm. of okay no no a bachelor's degree is way too high <laughs> <laughs> i feel like the exhibition was um maybe my YX certificates okay. yeah that exhibition because it's like i knew what the the eyewitness was i've had it like i knew what the theme of for my work my full work is going to be about so the exhibition i didn't even do paintings to sell I did a, I did a whole mural in the room mm-hmm. to express the idea of what the eyewitness is. More of like an installation. Yeah. And yo, it was crazy. Like the turnout was crazy. I didn't even know that people really was into my art like that. I mean, I knew, but I never saw them. You know, people are always saying like, I I know this, but I'm like, where are all those people? But I saw them for, for the first time. Yeah, for the first time, I was just like, whoa. And yeah, and this time the people I saw it's like so I just saw them too. They came with things, conversation and like really, really insightful and deep thoughts on what I'm doing. And that really made me I wouldn't say set up, but it made me understand that yo, it's a whole other world that other people are really like expressing. I don't even I don't even know half of what I'm I'm doing yet. Because if this person is telling me this whole other thing that I didn't even think about when I was doing this, then it means they are seeing something, you know. Or they'll be seeing some face that I'm not seeing and tell me that, oh, this, there's this face here looking at this. I'm like, oh. So, yeah, that exhibition was very, very great because it really shown the understanding of what I'm doing. Like, people, it showed that people understood what I was doing and were willing to, like, see me grow through it. So, yeah. Um, there was that show, and there was one. So I feel like during that period when I met Stefania, um, she really helped me put put together or like be a part of certain shows, cause um, yeah, we're closely working together. So I'll be sharing ideas on like things I want to show. And like I said, I didn't have any community as an artist, you know. So most of the people that like I grew friends with or I became close with were in my community for the most part. And still are, you know. Yeah. yeah. So then let's talk about the nineteen fifty seven gallery. And uh, which is a big one because 
I guess it's one of the more prominent uh, galleries yeah. in Accra, West Africa. A large. Um, what was the exhibition you did there? It was about the history of Ghana. Mm -hmm. And yeah, again, one of my friends helped me join that like show there. Because I saw what I was in the collector, like, I feel like I, I was starting to grow a collector base even before I joined galleries. Because, um, yeah, I, I, in a way, developed a, a good community of artists and curators and like people that were really into like the industry of art. And yeah, one of my friends introduced me to the gallery to do a show there. And I've been discussing with a friend to do the show in a space that fills the whole space like a mural. And we're like, oh, let's, we can do something about the history of Ghana. And immediately just clicking like, yo, that's what I want to be like. That's, this, that's the level of thoughts that I want to be on. So with that show, that's where the bachelor's degree came in. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the bachelor's degree came in because it wasn't even about the show. It was just about the theme of work that I had to do mm -hmm. and how I had to really go deep into understanding the African aspect of what I'm doing because that's what I, want, I wanted my work to be about. But it was more challenging now that I had to do it about Ghana because mm -hmm. now I have to do a lot of research and I did a whole lot of research. I mean, it was, it was very amazing. Like the process to... to to come up with the ideas and the process to like execute it and show the work and like just the people that we were able to get involved it was very sick i feel like from there i grew an understanding of what my work is doing and how to even like i grew a better process on on my paintings for my paintings you know because then I included all the aspects of spirituality and all the aspects of of um, philosophies and religion and just psychological things that we go through that are not being highlighted or ignored. I included that in a way in how our history is being presented, and that was very challenging because it had to take a lot of like taking two things that are very separate. And making treating Ghana like a human being that's going through like a psychological problem, mm -hmm. and how that human being is like a multiplication of all of us. It's like we are all, we are all that one thing, exactly. you know. So, yeah, it's symbolic of what Kendrick said in his written album. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, so Kendrick's latest album, he had his whole name, Oklahoma. Yeah, he's been written by all of us. Oh. I don't know if you got I'm a huge fan of Kendrick, oh. so. <laughs> but basically, it's very symbolic, really. Yeah, out of five. Yeah, um, that's one of my. That's my favorite song. Yeah, I really like that song. Yeah, so it's very symbolic in that, right? Like trying to create, but but it's interesting because the eyewitness is not one character. It's like a yeah. lot of characters, but then in that state, a lot of characters became one thing and just yeah. one thing that represented everybody. Yeah. But what is the story or the history of Ghana according to the eyewitness? So, I told a story about how history is is about now, and history is about now. Yeah, it's about like no, 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 how no. you're thinking right now, and there's nothing like a past. Cause mm. if you think there's a past, it means you try and 
act a certain way, like there's a blueprint. But all those people that did those things in the past, it was what they were doing in that present that contributed to that thing that we call it past. It's just like time has passed on and like they keep doing new things. So I use the eyewitness to tell stories on how like I started I started from an era of of Ghanaian uh, empire. I think the eighteen the eighteen centuries. And then I moved up. But I made it a bit mythical to unlike a migration of people from somewhere that are trying to get to a land that's like promise. But then the psychological aspects of them didn't grow with them. You know, so it's like they travel to their destination without their brain. Mm. And now they have to go through a certain process to heal their minds so that they can actually enjoy it where they are because it's like they're in the heaven or they're in the destination they are looking for. But they don't know it's there. Yeah, it's like they're just looking around just because the thing that will make them realize that it's there, they left it somewhere else. So, yeah, that all those aspects like played like an identity in the expression of what I showed um, in the gallery. And yeah, that process, I feel like that process really, really like expanded my brain because there were so many things that, like I said, when I go in the zone and I was doing, I, it got to me like, yo, this is what this is about. Like, yo, I was having moments with my own self too. You know how people come in the see that and they're like, oh, this is crazy. Like I had those things. Like I didn't even feel like I was doing it myself. You know, I, I sometimes come back and I'm like, yo, this was going on. This is wild. And then I get back to it, but it's, it was it was very dope process. Yeah, very very dope process. Could you say that's your favorite? No, I feel like there's been a lot of exciting because I don't remember most of it though. Exactly. Yeah, I did a residency in the gallery. I don't even remember most of the process of what happened there. Yeah. I remember I remember a lot of the important parts, but the parts of that I don't remember is like the process of my the my creation. painting, the creation process. Yeah. It almost felt like I just wake up maybe three days and there's like five paintings ready <laughs> and maybe two days later there's nothing and then the next there's a lot so i didn't know what really was the process that was to me just that i know that from that from that part i enjoyed my process through all like the dark and like the good times i just enjoyed everything you know i was more satisfied like yo this is it because there i saw all like because then when you're working with galleries you're working with other people it's not just your process it's like you're working with a timeline and things like that. So it didn't fit my usual working in the studio and to be ready whenever I'm ready. So it, there was a lot of like things that I had to experience that just opened my eye. And yeah, it allowed me to enjoy the rest of like, now I enjoy my process a lot. What do you feel is the purpose of your art right now? Now I feel like the purpose of my art is... To find a way to create a language that can integrate with our society's visual imagination and ultimately I would like to contribute to like the cultural again imagination of our people because I feel like for the most part the vision is what drives people to, to think a certain way and if you don't have any type of vision you really wouldn't be you wouldn't think anyway, like, there's nothing that will drive your thinking. And sometimes imaginations is what, like, 
brings your vision. Like if you're able to imagine things and things that artists make do that, you know, they help our imagination, they help people to imagine more than they, they do. And through time, art has helped different societies. I feel like for me, what I'm doing right now is to contribute to my society, like the African space and like the Ghanaian space and let them understand that culturally, all these mythical creatures that they see in their minds, like dwarves and all these like, um, 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 Mame Wata and all these things that they just, they just bled out and maybe it's mythical to some people and it's real to some people and it's, it's a joke to some people. Like it's plenty different things to some people. I want to let them understand that there's a visual representation of all those ideas, you know. When they think about that. They should just, yes. Yeah. If they want to think about those things, they should just think about, yeah. As a language to think through all those ideas because it's an, it's a language of spirit. And once you see it, it might represent whatever, like, let's say in your mind, if your spirit is at rest and you see something like this laying down, it should just form that connection. Like, yo, my, my spirit is at rest because then this means spirit to you. Like, that's how you feel within. So yeah, just be able to like be a part of that, like aspect of our culture. And allow people to be able to use the language and just see it, you know. But you're not doing exhibitions or stuff like that. Yeah, because right now I feel like most of the most of the development of my art has been very theoretical, and although I'm painting, there's a lot of like discussions and discourses that like I have behind um, closed doors and even like in open spaces and things like that with different people about what it means because i feel like i don't want to be yeah, to like an artist philosopher right now so i don't i don't want <laughs> it to be i feel like i don't want the art to be lost in translation and just be like some like some commercial product for people because mm-hmm. right now most of the art that's going on in africa and ghana they are becoming like commercial products for people they just feel like oh ghanaian artists uh, like it's a thing it's like a trend for people to just collect ghanaian artists because some of our artists are, are doing very amazing in like the global scale so that they're just trying to blur the lines and make it feel like, oh, it's just about selling the art and things like that. There's a lot of people that are really doing art with narratives and have stories that are just like, that are still developing and not like, oh, this is what my art's about. Cause I might be talking about space with this character, but it might develop into like two lines or <laughs> something that I wouldn't know. So I want to be able to like build that whole idea. You know, and want the story to finish. Not finish per se, but I want the story to exist. I feel like the story doesn't exist yet. Yeah, okay. Mm. Yeah, I feel like it doesn't exist yet. And then if the story then exists, then if you want to do like the whole body of work exhibition, then you do that. Yeah. But in between that, I'll be doing exhibitions though, but it has to matter to the process of where I'm at and like what I want to show based on the ideas I've developed. Because like I said, it's a language, so Maybe if I do A, B, C, D, I feel like, okay, I can let's, let's see the people A, B, C, D before we enter into vowels. Cause they don't even know A, B, C, D. It's the same letters that I write, but if I say vowels, it'll just be like, what are you talking about? So I want to like get people to understand the basics of what the art is about and not even go way ahead of my time yet. And that's why I'm, I'm allowing it to like, I'm allowing it to like seep into the, the, the industrial like society or, I mean, I do public art and, and street art and other aspects of showing, but I feel like for exhibitions, they are very like 
created. I, I, I see like an album. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a concept album. Yeah, yeah, I see like an, an, a concept album. And for an artist, you should spend some time doing your album. Like, you're a fan of Kendrick Lamar. You see how it took for the albums to come out. Yeah, I feel like that's how I work on my paintings and exhibitions to like, yeah, in, in between that, maybe my thing of how I survive, but like, as, yeah. I, was, I have certain pieces that I might want to sell. Certain one or two pieces, but, um, I'll manage myself well and I, I'll, I wouldn't like, yeah, I'll just sell maybe those two and I can last for like a, a while without stressing because I really like, I feel like it's important to, to get money because you need to buy stuff. But because of the process of how I work, I don't get a luxury of like selling a lot and getting a lot of money at once and things like that. I always, it's always like a piece of, Okay, I'm selling two weeks. Okay, I'm selling like I I know exactly how gradually I'm like just getting money and also like I'll get money from other things so that I have nothing to do with painting. But that allows me to work like an an like a recording artist, where it's like I take my time to work on plenty of things and then I can select one or two of these things and say okay, this is going to be a part of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you kind of triggered my non-artist brain because yeah. I've been asking myself something for probably the last five to ten minutes he asked of the purpose yeah and but my question beyond the I mean similar maybe to the purpose but is there an end game not really unless maybe I, I'm not I, I'm not on earth or I die yeah. but even if the world doesn't see like I'll still be sketching in my book these things that I'm doing like in my eye, even if I turn into a doctor somewhere, I'll be sketching it. Cause, yeah, they might, somebody might come up to a room and they'll say, Oh, this is why I was and I died. And they'll look through books and they'll see plenty of these things inside. Cause I might not stop, like, I might not, I might never stop doing it. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, I might never stop doing it. Like, a, it's like an extension of my brain's ideas. So, Anytime that I'm thinking of something or trying to process something, it's like it's, a, it's like an extension of okay, like I'll do this one here, and then it leaves my brain automatically, and it becomes something here. So now every time I have to think of the idea, it just doesn't pop in my brain. It's like I I have to come to the painting to think of it because it doesn't really. I know I really I already released it from my it's, brain. It's like journaling. Yes, it's it's journaling. You are going through the process. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So the it's a big like journey. how you would reflect through the weather you are putting to experience the thing that you are at the time. Yeah. Yours is the act. Yeah. 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 So there's no there's no end game. I mean, ultimately, people. I'm not saying I'm trying to do a language so people will, will use it as a language. Mm-hmm. But you people aspire, might not you, care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you will wish but that. I, I aspire that people might use it. Like for the most part, people just see it and say, "Ah, what what is this?" I mean, that's very satisfying for me. I want you to question what it is because okay. I feel like you want the art to be a medium of curiosity. Yeah, I yeah. feel like that's the reason why I was doing it because sometimes you even finish and I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. So if somebody else is looking at it and they don't feel that way, then it means I'm not really like I need to restructure my my art well because I think that's very very I think that's very brilliant yeah. in a very unassuming way because when we think about creativity, the first thing that we talk about is curiosity, right? But I've never considered the idea. Because when I think about curiosity, it almost seems to me that curiosity exists in the world. Like, the thing that we are supposed to be curious about exists in the world. And we are supposed to find the curiosity towards it. Yeah. But what I'm hearing from you is that 
you want to produce more of those things yeah. that inspire curiosity. Yeah. Which is really yeah. wonderful. Yeah. yeah. That's 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 a very you see now you're giving me more words to like <laughs> I feel like I'll say this is my next one. <laughs> but yeah, like I want to produce things that will inspire curiosity, that will inspire like imagination, that will inspire people to say, ah, why is somebody wasting your time doing this thing? No. I want to be able to like make a huge sculpture and just like donate it publicly to spaces and let maybe children or like grown ups or whatever age just say, ah, what is this? What's the purpose of this thing? And I feel like that conversation will start a conversation of what art is about and like what things represent for people. Cause then if we have symbols like Jinyami, plenty symbols mm-hmm. and we still don't know maybe the artists that created them or exactly. like the, the, the information, the real information behind it. Cause right now they'll just give you plenty tourism general information because mm-hmm. it's a tourism thing. They're like, Oh, Jinyami, like, let's find something about Ghana that is also standing out, you know. There's people that are doing research. I'm not undermining all those mm-hmm. people. There's people that are doing research on it and things like that. But what I'm saying is there are artists that created these things. Or so there was maybe a kingdom or something that said an artist should come and sit down here. I want this to represent this. So art for, from time has represented a lot more things than just the scribble, you know, because I feel like it, it had been a symbol for energy for a lot of societies. But it's the societies that push it or the societies that documented it that shown if you go to other cultures um greek cultures um romance all these they have artists that did things in their spaces that represented things for them and some of those artists even they represent things for people right now in africa because mm-hmm. some of those artists cre- contributed to like the symbol of jesus christ and like all these like a- a- angel figures and things like that they drew them it's not like there was some reference where yeah they're just like yo I'm talking about angel, a creature with wings. What do you think? And the person decided to do it that way, you know. <laughs> so it's like the artist contributes to a certain part of our visual imagination that affects our identity. Because now all the ways that you're imagining things is how you see yourself in a way, you know. So, yeah, I want to be able to be a part of like the imagination of how African people see like Really yeah. like tapping into the African identity. Yeah. And that's why like they have like big heads, big noses, big like the head shapes are oblong. It's any color it is. Cause I feel like that's what spirit represents. But I feel like that's what also the African spirit represents. And yeah, for the most part, I want to like be able to be a part of that conversation with art. And maybe if I'm into other things, that would be fine. But so you were talking about art in public spaces, right? Unfortunately, you know, when we were growing up, there was not so much art. You want to contribute to the visual imagination, but obviously through the eye of the public, so that the public can really, can inspire curiosity for that small child who's walking by the street and all of that. I think someone who's really embodying that right now, is everybody, 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 everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, like, it's very inspiring as well, because he's been able to, like, I mean, I use some of the places, the roots of the places where he does his murals. And every time, before I knew him, I was just like, yo, this is very dope that somebody is just like dedicating themselves. Because sometimes he, he, he changes them, you know, and I'm like, they are using paint. And when I started buying paint and things, I realized how expensive some of these things are. So I, I, I knew that, oh, like, that type of thing is part of the things I want to do. So it's, it's part of the inspiration. 
just being able to like use public spaces to interact with people so that they can learn about art in any way that they can because you know sometimes when we are we are showing art and we put in all these gallery spaces and all these other educational and institutional spaces not everybody gets to like mm-hmm. bible there yeah. and depending on what you are doing me i know my artists for society and community so mm-hmm. any way that I'll, I'll find my way to be in the public space whether it's street art or like even doing um commissions for like public spaces i'll do it because it's not about the space or about the thing it's just about i know there's going to be a variety of people here that's going to see this particular thing that i'm doing and i want them to see it because the questions that will arise is where like the job of the art you know so so you know the nft craze and crypto blockchain all of that it's really integrating art into the digital world you've been trying to explore that space can you tell us about some of the work that you've done in that space so last year I had a project called the Observers NFT project. I started the project and was able to build a team with some of the people that bought into the project. And the project, with the project, I sold 100 NFTs um, as a ticket to be able to see a movie, but also as a contributing startup, like a seed funding to like um, do this project, this passion. I wouldn't say passion project, but my contributory project to like the, my community and also like the African space um, will be going around different um, traditional spaces or communities or villages and we'll take their stories that they have to share and we'll make it into an art piece or we'll leave it in the form of art piece or workshop for the people there and we are looking forward to painting a lot of palaces and community center you know when in the villages they have yeah. this like announcement community center exactly. to doing like putting installations there and things like that that represents the village because most villages they have all these traditions to terms class and things we want to do those things in art forms for them for people to be able to interact with in the art, african art space because all those things are a part of our identity and because we don't also. yes because we don't incorporate it in our visual spaces and vibes we don't see it that way so i feel like i want to use art contribute to that and we'll be filming our process of going to all these villages and um, um morale process doing interviews how everything is coming together and the hundred people that own the nfts will get to like connect to a website to stream it or to see it so that's what the nft is about so that people can watch that documentary but we'll be doing other projects like other fun things alongside just watching it so that there'll be instances where people can contribute to some of the murals that we are doing because the the collectors of the nfts are i would say worldwide there's like every every continent like base in the collectors so yeah there'll be like things that are a bit global so that people can just enjoy the culture and the traditions that we have here and yeah that's what the nft like that's what i've used nfts for so far that's a brilliant idea and i like again the community engagement because yeah. i feel like we uh, my purple with the art world is that it's increasingly like you said you know you've not really said it but you've hinted at it yeah becoming a little exclusionist you know we wear fancy dresses yep. the intersection of art and fashion 
And you know, a lot of these big fashion houses contributing to art. Art's being sort of high, ridiculous amount of spaces and prices, which is good for the artists, yeah. but also brings up the idea that when you think about art, it's almost like something that can only be afforded by wealthy people. But when you bring it to the community space, then the interaction is for everybody, right? Yeah. Everybody has a right to the enjoyment and experience of the art. Yeah. And like what you said, the, fundam- the foundation is that it inspires curiosity. Yeah. So that the curiosity then is not left to the region. Because again, yeah. the world really is about ideas. And the ideas come from some curiosity. Yeah. 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 So I, 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 yeah. Love, I yeah. love that part of like, let's take that to the world. Yeah. And the NFC being the, the route to funding, it was brilliant. Yeah, hopefully, I'm also learning about NFT, so hopefully there'll be other interesting things that yeah. we can add to it, but for now, that's like the base idea. Yeah. Who are the other artists in Ghana that you really enjoy their work? I'm not trying to say, like, tell me who is your favorite oh. inspiration now, but like, when you right now you look at the art scene, or somebody that you say, wow, this is dope. There's a lot of, there's a lot of people. I feel like, me, I enjoy artist process than the art itself. The art itself. Mm. Because like again, it's like yeah. I feel like the arts. <laughs> I mean, I feel like the arts the thing, you know. So anybody can be into something and not like somebody can say, "Oh, I don't know what this means." It mm-hmm. doesn't like yeah. And somebody might say some deep things, and it's all relative. But I feel like what gets the artists from one point to the other, that middle line where it's like they're doing a lot of things, is what interests me. And for now, I've spent any time with any artist yet. But I feel like Serge mm-hmm. took away Marco Boafo, um, Brain Mama. Mm-hmm. They've, they've been doing like a lot of community oriented things that mm-hmm. I feel like inspires me and I aspire to like be a part of that type of community engagement and things like that. Um, so yeah, it's not really about the arts per se, but you know, they do like, they're building spaces, they're creating communities that can like foster artists too. So those things me really inspires me a lot. And yeah, those are a few people that I've mentioned that have started that, like now I've seen do those things. What is the evolution of Anderson's work right now? Because when I see the beginning of the eyewitness and what the eyewitness even looks like. The eyewitness now, in, in from what I see, is, is becoming more. There is a focus on the individuality and depth of the eyewitness than previous, where yeah. the eyewitness were like a mass, yeah. and the eyewitness now are separating themselves into two like individual yeah. identities, right? Yeah, what is the evolution of that? Like your body yeah, like that. I didn't even recognize it that way though. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I used to like do like exactly. cramp all of them yeah. together. I mean, like I said, I feel like it's the process because I didn't significantly like sometimes I do some paintings that has like everything mashed up together. Um, so it really depends. Depends. I feel like I've been really. I don't think I've, I've sat down to to think of why, <laughs> but I just know that it's part of the it's part of the development of the visual identity. Because first, 
and I'm doing a lot, like the focus is not on what like the feel of the one character is. And I feel like for for a while now I've been focusing on what like like the one character feels like. You know, and yeah, maybe also trying to develop what ultimately the three D form of the character will feel like. Mm. It's why I'm exactly like, yeah, yeah, yeah I can see that. So I feel like this is also part that's why the sculptures kinda end where they end. I mean, I could have done like full body, full sculptures, but I'm also painting to realize what the full body 3D is gonna feel like. So, yeah, that's that's one of the main developments that's happening. So, yeah, can we talk a little bit about the sculptures? I use them to hold stones that I've been collecting for a while now. That was a concept development of why I was making them. I was making the heads because. I thought about doing sculptures, but I just didn't, like, I, there are some things that, that draw my vibe before I do them, you know, I just don't do them because, let's see, oh, the characters are nice, you can do sculptures, so, I, yeah, you do them. Most of the things are part of my daily practices. So, the stones that I collected for a while, I just decided to do the heads, and then you can have them, like, I can keep the stones in it. So that when you like decorate a space, you can still even just have the stone with you. And it's not necessarily about the stone, but I made the sculptures to feel very um satisfying to hold in a way. Yeah, so it's also like a comfort thing too. But I've been developing it for like years now. These ones have been there for like three years or four. But I haven't completed it yet. Or I haven't brought it out here because I just don't know why. <laughs> I just don't know why. Yeah, they're existing. They're existing, but hopefully this year I might get back to it to just show it, you know. But that's the idea behind them. If someone is a self-taught contemporary artist in today's Ghana, what would you tell them um, as a form of advice? Uh, to learn, to learn, to learn, practice, play, and rest. Yeah, I feel like that's 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 the formula that I used to like live my life. You know, I just learn. Maybe you left the part about socializing. That's the playing part, you know. Any oh, okay. any aspect of okay. thing that you yeah. do that is very playful, or like makes your mind play. Yeah. Meeting people, talking to people is fun. It's like play, and then you rest. So, but the learning part is very like it's the basic, it's the start. You know, you have to learn about things. Like you never know how to completely do something. Like I still never really know how to paint until I'm painting every day, and me paint learning how to paint every day is a form of practice. And then, yeah, maybe the exhibitions and like all the meeting people is like the play parts. And then you rest by not doing nothing. And I feel like that's going to help you excel and think about yourself and just like focus on your work. Because most of the times it's your focus that's not on your work that's going to kill you. <laughs> yeah, if you don't focus on your thing and you're just thinking about money and thinking about like, like thinking about money too is not focused on your work, you know, because money and your work is a whole different thing. Money leads to your work getting done, but money is not your work, you know. I feel like your work is very internal and like has to do with 
what you want to see come to life. And if you kill that aspect of you and just think money, you might get money, but you still not like actualize anything. So yeah, if you just focus on the work and say, okay, if this is going to be my life, or like how will I want to present it, like even like if you are presenting it as a form of character in like in a book, how would I want it to to feel like, you know? And you learn that thing about yourself and you practice it and you you have fun with it, and then you just chill because. <laughs> <There's> not, <laughs> you might make it, you might not make it, but just chill in all, like just just enjoy yourself. What what is the future of African art to you? For me, the future of African art is for us to be able to contribute to how we see the world and most of our imagination should be filled with how we want to see the world and not some blueprint of what somebody feels like the world should be like push have cars and house and everything like i feel like we should expand how we see the world as ourselves because some of these things the reason why we are not the ones making it predominantly is because that might not be the vision of how we see our things so yeah let's focus on ourselves i want like african art to contribute to that and guide our self-identity so that we really like ourselves and love ourselves and our spaces as well because we lack that thing so much here and only arts can contribute to that allow people to love themselves you stop music, making music about loving woman and those things and like parties and drinks they should make art and things about just self-reflection and things that make people change themselves you know i mean they can balance it but i feel like if majority of our arts for us contributes to self identity and knowing who you are it's going to really be a giant voice for the whole of africa because nobody has really done that and most of the people that did that like kwame Nkrumah and all those like people that really stood out they were they are oft you know like they don't exist anymore so yeah just you might you might not be a politician or might not be like a social justice whatever but you can use your art to allow people to reflect on self you know because self is very general everybody has an idea of self and what they are so if you use your art to contribute to that especially for the african face there's a lot of people that are going to think differently and introduce new ideas into our space and maybe think oh i really think i really wish there should be a, like a roller coaster in here or like I feel like we should make Disneyland here too in our own way. Or I feel like we should make this safari. Like there will be things that you, you, the the normal person that's ending and living here will think about. That don't necessarily have to be like, oh, I'm a talented uh, skater, so I'm building a skate park. Now just be like, I really have seen all these things that really contribute to how people see. I want to build one here just because I can afford to do it. And yeah, once you can have that going on, most of the things here will change because nobody will really travel anyway. You know, there's so much resources here and the vision is what we just like lack to to navigate those resources. So hopefully African art will like help people change the like vision and then we can progress. You know, you know the inside what we are seeing is what now is the general called sci fi. A lot of what we see flying cars, yeah. flying trains, yeah, electric cars. Speed cars, yeah, you know, all things written in books by artists, yeah, writers, yeah, things visualized that vision 
It's been a, a wonderful conversation. I'm, I'm excited that we had this. Yeah. Thank you for coming to the Chimney Africa podcast. Thank you for coming to the studio. <laughs> it's a great conversation. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this has been the Chimney Africa podcast, a special edition. And see you later. Wonderful conversations here. Subscribe to the channel. And make sure that you look forward to the next conversation. Thank you. <laughs>